0: Hello. It is Wednesday, February 24th. Can't thank you enough for giving us a shot here. Got a pretty good show for you. Good conversation. Can't wait for you to either love it or hate it. If you love it, be a friend. Tell a friend. If you hate it, act like it never happened. Let's get to it. After a scary accident yesterday morning around 7 18 a.m pacific standard time uh by the time of seven twenty-eight, the fire department was there with not the jaws of life as originally reported actually a pry bar which is nicknamed hell in a tube or something like that the uh fire chief Uh, Osby and the uh, sheriff gave a full press conference yesterday about the scene and what they did. They said they investigated. Uh, They didn't seem there was any intoxication, which was the media's first 10 questions, basically, because a lot of people's minds kind of went into a place yesterday when seeing this happen, where there seemed to be no skid marks. The accident seemed to be rather wild. He had had a car incident in the past that we just watched a documentary on HBO about. So I think a lot of people may be feared for the absolute worst, not only personally, but physically for Tiger, as they saw the accident and what happened yesterday during their press conference, some things got cleared up. Uh, I guess we learned more and more that he was in a rush. Uh, he potentially had a golf tutor session happening with Drew Brees and Justin Herbert uh, with his um, his like duties with the Genesis Invitational mm-hmm. and Golf Digest and his sponsors and everything like that. He suffered a shattered ankle and had two leg fractures. Uh, out of that press conference yesterday we learned by the way the media was asking questions about it. hey Man, listen geez. now the sheriff unbelievable spoke English and Spanish yesterday was answering questions in both mm-hmm. had a very cool calm uh sense about him the fire chief osby i believe is his name yep. incredibly cool guy now you got to remember firefighters and police Two very different people, okay? Firefighters normally beloved by everybody because they're always there to save things, okay? Yeah, we're here to save building, people, cats, whatever. Cops not always on the positive side. Sometimes some bad shit happens with the cops and what they're being on. So firefighters normally, like, I have an uncle that's uh, just retired as a fire chief in Pittsburgh. Congrats on a hell of a run. Uncle Owen, my cousin Owen, is a firefighter. So, like, I understand the way they handled that media yesterday was beautiful, Okay, but it's Tiger fucking Woods in a massive situation out of nowhere. So, the questions that the media were asking the chief and the sheriff. Were, I mean, you were watching these media people and why they go to school, the way they frame their questions and set up their questions. And this sheriff, this fire chief, and they even had the deputy that was the first on the scene answer some questions, handled it beautifully. But they did give up information that they probably weren't supposed to because the way the media were kind of phrasing these questions, for instance... Uh, I don't remember if it was the sheriff or the first deputy on the scene. I believe it was the first deputy on the scene who he said that he got there uh, because a neighbor called 911 because 50 feet or 20 feet away from where he crashed, there is actually houses about you know, up on an, uh, an awning that would have heard this entire thing. So he's the first respond. He says, uh, uh, sir, what is your name? He says, Tiger. And he said, I immediately was like, oh, Tiger, that's Tiger Woods right there. Oh, my God. Asked him some questions if he knew where he was and everything like that. He was the one, by the way, that relayed the message that he did not, to, uh, to the sheriff and everybody else, that he did not believe there was any impairment from talking. There was no smell of anything. It did not seem like he was uh, completely out of it. He was lucid and something else in this whole thing. But the way this media lady Ask this question. I mean, whew, a piece of art. Uh, there were reports that, because they asked, you know, like, uh what, what did he say? How the conversation go? And they are like, well, we can't talk about that right now. And was there anything? Like, we're doing the investigation. So they were answering that it was Tiger. They took him to the hospital. They did not use the jaws of life and everything like that. I and mean, they're trying to give away no other information because there's a full investigation going on. Anything they say right now could potentially fuck them over in the future. But the media's job is to get information out. Wherever they, The way this lady framed this question, she goes, there was a report that Tiger Woods um, stood and walked out of his car. Uh, is that true or not true? It's like, that was never reported. I don't <laughs> What? But she put Deputy in a pretzel where he had to address the question that was. He goes, that was that was not true. He was not able to walk or whatever. So then everybody was like, oh, my God. Is Tiger Woods potentially going to be paralyzed? Is he going to have to get a leg amputated? You look at the car. The thing was fucking just the front end was completely gone. He sawed down an eight-inch wide tree, they said, with his car. Hit a median. Jumped off of that. Hit a curb. Hit a tree. Sawed through the tree. Hit a pole. Spun down there. And ended up down in this ravine or whatever. And the whole thing. So whenever these answers are coming out, and he's like, uh, the, the first thing was he had to get surgery Surgery on severe leg, a uh, severe leg injury. Then it came out when numerous more questions were asked uh, in a thoughtful way. He was like, uh, both legs actually had severe injuries. It's like, okay, so now both legs are severe. He wasn't able to walk. Uh, they had to extricate him from the vehicle, is what they said. It's like, is Tiger Woods potentially never going to be able to walk again? This morning we're getting up there. Last night we got updates: uh shattered ankle, severe injuries to both legs, successful surgery. Uh, I guess he has something coming up with his back. I am someone that believes he's going to win another fucking golf tournament hell after this hell. entire thing. And it's going to be an amazing, amazing story. I woke up this morning just as more information continues to be, uh, you know, kind of... Let, I I tweeted that Tiger information is rolling out right now. And a lot of the internet was like, that's... A, Terrible way to phrase it. I was like, I did not fucking mean it. I meant like, Come on. so I actually deleted that tweet because I didn't want people to think that I was uh, being clever. I was not being clever. I was just talking about the information. As more and more rolls out here, feels like Tiger's probably going to golf again, if I had to guess. He's probably going to win again. And uh, I hope that this never happens again. Happy to hear he's okay. Everybody's worst nightmares, uh, from what we've been told thus far, are not true. So, big shout out to Eldrick Tiger Woods. Happy you're going to be all right. Yeah. How How you are I mean, you scared the shit out of us, Bob. Uh-huh. You're one of our goats, pal. Hey, you're one of the best that we've ever seen in the sports world. Can't be losing you. Uh, happy to hear that we're not going to do that. Ben Roethlisberger uh, is going to be back with the Pittsburgh Steelers, allegedly. Both the Steelers came out and said that, and Ben Roethlisberger's agent came out and said that. Drew Brees, there's an interesting article on ESPN that was uh, estimated 42-minute read, so... I didn't fucking read that, but I think Ty is currently reading that while he's (laughs) battling through. He'll be sending updates about the NFL PA, and Drew Brees' name gets mentioned in there, and Drew Brees not just being talked about in that particular article, a lot of other different articles, too, about whether or not Drew Brees is going to retire. Uh, Doovey Kleiman, who's an incredible uh, internet source collector, just information finder in the NFL, he put out a stat that Drew Brees last game, his passer rating was lower than if he was to just take every single snap and throw it into the ground. So his last, yeah, if he was just to take every single snap and throw it directly into the dirt, he would have had a higher passer rating than what he had in his last ever game. So Doovey Kleiman is potentially stating that there is maybe call that Drew Brees is like, I ain't going out like that. That can't be how I go out. But with the Saints having to move forward potentially, if not Drew Brees, I hope this one unfolds faster than it did last year because there was a lot of questioning last year and everything that happened in the offseason with that whole thing. But now we're 38 days into this thing. Drew Brees has not said he's going to retire. Who will be the quarterback for the Saints next year? Uh, I guess at this point, we just have to assume it's Drew. But if Drew continues to string him along and they get fucked over, that would be awesome.
1: Yeah, That would
0: be absolutely. absolutely awesome kind of watch unfold uh Cam Newton said uh, a lot of things in the I Am Athlete podcast, which I am a massive fan of that show. They do a, a great job down there. Shout out to Brandon Marshall, uh, Ocho, Fred is part of that. I think Reggie was a part of the first couple episodes on Reggie Wayne. Uh, Cam Newton came on there, and basically everything he said was clippable. I mean, everything about it. He ain't going out like that. He knows there isn't 32 guys better than him. Bill Belichick, he absolutely loves him. It's, it's all very good news. Connor was dancing about this as this came out because this maybe makes it easier for free agents or players to want to go do the Patriot way, because they've heard from Cam Newton that Bill Belichick's a cool guy. Who knows how that'll play out? Who knows where Cam Newton's headed? Uh, We'll have to talk about that. Jason Light, Bucks general manager, who has a lot on his plate right now with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, potentially beginning a dynasty. He says that an extension for Tom Brady is possible. Remember, Tom Brady signed a two-year deal uh, at the beginning of the season, $50 million. Then in the middle of the season or something, he or maybe just a couple months ago, maybe it was Super Bowl week. I I don't remember exactly when it was. He said... That forty-five, like he sees himself playing or whatever, and then we look up, uh, who was it? Blanda played until he was forty-eight. George. Uh, uh, played till he's forty-eight years old or something. We have photos of of Blanda and him playing in there. And you think with Tom Brady's TB twelve treatment, literally being that you can find the fountain of youth with pliability in the way you take care of your body. I would assume. At this particular point, with the way Tom played, how he played last year, how he looks, how much more healthy he looks than even his first like five years in the NFL, I would assume that being the oldest quarterback to ever play in the NFL is potentially something that the TB12 treatment uh, would like to have under their marketing plan going forward. And he's the greatest of all time already, playing the longest, winning the most. I mean, that is something pretty cool I assume Tom Brady would absolutely love. If he signs an extension with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, for like 30 mil or something for a couple more years and just keeps going. Everybody on earth in Tampa would be like, good move. Good move. This is good. Let's keep it down here. Drew Brees is waiting here to retire. And everybody's like, well, this motherfucker make up his mind. I I mean, isn't that a very interesting thing? Tom Brady at the age of 43 or whatever, they're like, sign him to however long this – give him a five-year deal if he wants to. Do whatever he got to do. And with Drew now, the whole world is like, is he playing or is he not? And the Drew Brees, Tom Brady thing is something that records are kind of going back and forth. It feels like at this point, all signs are pointing uh, to Tom's going to play probably four more years than Drew Brees will, which is wild to... Think about 188 Mad Dog 6 We want uh, your uh, phone uh, calls. Uh. We can't wait to chat with you here on XM Channel 82, Mad Dog Sports Radio. Uh, we have Najee Harris joining us in about 11 minutes, uh, running back of Alabama, formerly Doak Walker Award winner, going to be a first-round draft pick. Cannot wait to chat with him about his life right now. How's training going? Uh, hey, who do you like better, two or Mac Jones? <laughs> Ooh, I wonder. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Let's talk about winning the whole damn thing. Ladies and gentlemen, the best running back in college football this past season, a man who's going to be a first-round draft pick out of Alabama running back, Najee Harris. Yeah! Let's go, Najee! What's going on, dude?
2: What? Y'all really got me on this show? What's up with it? Dang.
0: So were you actually clapping there or not because there was no sound coming through? I thought you were on mute, then I heard that incredible voice. I was pretty pumped up about it. You—you you, Were you clapping there alongside of us or what?
2: Clark. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hey, like hey, let me yeah, I like this energy. Y'all making me get excited. Well,
0: hey, listen, you should be pumped up anyways. You're gonna be a first round draft pick. How you doing? Keep it moving. How's this? How's the training going? How's the offseason going? Where's your mind at? Are you where are you are you putting on weight? Are you maintaining? Where are you right now, Najee?
2: Uh I'm surviving right now. Okay. I'm over here, uh I'm over here in Texas. So, you know, we just got done with that that storm. Um, so I'm training. Of course, I'm at I'm at my same body weight right now. I'm like 230 still. Um, I'm training at Exos. You know, our our pro day's coming up in another month. So you know, I'm just trying to get right, get my body right, and stuff like that. But you know, same stuff, different day. You know hey, what I'm saying?
0: Hey, the um the combine obviously this year is going to be different than it's ever been. Najee's iPad shout out. You were on your iPad. That's awesome. <laughs> the um the I just popped out on the screen there. The um. The Combine not being anything this year, basically, you're going to have a lot of coaches and GMs at your pro day and everything like that. I think in Alabama, you guys go to the Pro Days. Like last year, you were at the Pro Day, right? You watched the Pro Day, I'd assume. It, it, that's kind of like the Alabama thing. It's like you get height, weight, and everything. If you're going to be up next year, is that kind of how it goes? And what are you expecting out of your Pro Day here? What are we going to run? Are, are we are we in an area of what we think we're going to run? And how do you feel about certain teams? That, have they reached out to you yet? Or you had any conversations with anybody yet?
2: Ooh. You sound like the feds when you're asking these questions. What are you going to run? <laughs> you sound like either police or something. <laughs> <laughs> but look, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, of course, people, you know, teams been reaching out and stuff like that. Um, you know, at the pro day, uh, I want, you know, it's more of a uh, more of an excitement if people come and tune in to watch. Because, you know, of course, I can save time, but I want people there to watch to see um, what I'll be running and the drills I'll be doing and stuff like that. So, I mean. I'm not going to give you a time. I'll just say, I want you just tune in and see. Oh, <laughs> okay.
0: Okay. Smart, by the way. Smart, by the way. Because if you give a time and you hit it, they're going to be like, well, he did what he thought he was going to do. If you yeah, hit a exactly. time and you're like 0. .01 over, they're like, Yeah. is there a so question? About is there
2: What?
0: Have they been Zooming, call you, FaceTime, emails? How do they, how do they reach out to a first-round draft pick? I've never experienced that.
2: You asking a lot of questions, man. It's a fucking talk show. That's the way fucking talk shows go, Najee. Please listen, if you know how the process goes, then you should know. I, I'm not a first rounder. I
0: was seventh rounder, almost undrafted. For you, I'd assume, especially with- What, what position I, you play? What position I play? Yeah. Linebacker? You ain't no
2: damn linebacker. That. Whoa.
0: 265 right now, Najee. What was you playing at? Uh, 245, mm-hmm. depending upon the year. Where you go? West Virginia.
2: Ooh. Who was your coach at that time?
0: Well, Rich Rodriguez was, and then we lost the Pitt because our stupid fucking kicker <laughs> missed two kicks, and then we went to uh,
2: he went up to Michigan or whatever. i had Bill Stewart. No, he went to Michigan. Yeah. But you see how I'm? Question like I'm the feds so though. You see that? <laughs> like I'm, you see how I kind of the the roads change and stuff like that no, but, it's a fucking know. talk show like that's going to happen dude like, <laughs> that's
0: that's how it works hey listen this is how you're this is how this whole thing works Najee by the way like okay that. let's not do that let's not ask questions <laughs> Najee watching you play football last year it was awesome dude with no fans I, I, in there did that affect you at all you win dope Walker made you better almost
2: um I honestly I honestly feel like no fans there you know for me, it don't matter either way because, you know, when I'm playing, like, everything is just – I'm just zoned out anyways, so I don't really hear nothing. But, like, whenever I'm on the sidelines, I mean, you hear the fans because they going to talk shit. Like, always. Oh, you feel me? I'm going to be like, God damn it, you suck. Naji, get your ass out there. You know, okay, you know, I'm in the south, so, like, I'm a Cali dude, so the, I really can't – like, when I'm on the sidelines, like, I hear them talking, but, like, I can't hear them talking because they got such a country-ass accent. <laughs> the only thing I'm hearing is – God damn it. You need to run harder. Like, like, what the hell? Like, so, I mean, like, did the fans affect it? I mean, like, a, a little bit. I'm, but, you know, when I'm on the sideline, you hear everything, especially some country-ass, you know, people in the in stands.
0: So I played I played at West Virginia. We were in the Big East at the time. And, you know, played some big games, obviously BCS and everything like that. And there was always the bias that SEC football, it's different down here. It's different down here. It's how the whole thing is. I went to the SEC championship game last year. That was last year, Uh, two years ago. Last year, it was insane. I'd never seen anything like it. Cults. It's like a cult, basically, down there. Every single day, there was grown. Georgia was playing there. There was grown, very successful people barking at the top. <laughs> Fifty-five-year-old billionaires. I saw <laughs> barking <laughs> like it, The SEC football is something that I I thought I understood. I did not. Did you know what you were getting into whenever you came from Cali or whatever? You you kind of knew like. Hey, this is this is a, a religion down here, which it really is in itself.
2: Okay, I knew that. So when, I, of course, we're going to visit stuff like that. So I knew that, uh, you know, football is taken seriously there. But I did not know that like the fans would be that damn crazy. <laughs> um, I, I, I can't even. Like, it was just at some points for, like, you know, like, I mean, like, I know that's the thing of saying roll tide there, but goddamn, like, sometimes when I'm just getting food. Rotod, <laughs> They just be like, bro, bro tie Najee? I'd be like, bro, like, let me just eat my food. Like, I understand that, but goddamn, like, just chill out for a minute with this bro, tie stuff. Like, so, like, as, sometimes, like, because I, like, I just, like, I like joking around people. So, like, a lot of times they'll say, bro, tie, Najee? And I'd be like, well, War Eagle. Oh! Like like, oh. <laughs> I promise, bro, like, so, like, so, like, you see y'all face, like, so that, like, just seeing their face there, they'd be like, well, hold on now. <laughs> like, hold on now, like you're wearing the wrong colors then sweetie i'll be mean, like bro, i'm just messing with you but like you know it's funny so like i didn't know that like it was so much of like of the fans and stuff like that would be so crazy there but you know if you're a football player you wouldn't want no much no no better atmosphere to play in that type of stuff i mean it's so fun of like just just the little small games could be even the biggest games to them so like you know for the the excitement and stuff like that there is 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 a reason why i came there and the competition level of course is is the best you know they have the best competition there me personally i think the sec has the best competition uh it's the best conference you know
0: at this point i think everybody agrees with you now i mean that's just yeah it's kind of the way it is it wasn't always like that i don't think personally uh but as it's rolled on the powerhouse and by the way alabama is the reason right i mean just the 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 standard that has been set there that it feels like Saban can just put it on auto-repeat every single year, okay? You were the number one recruit in America coming out of high school, right? That's accurate?
2: Yeah, about accurate.
0: Shout out you, dude. Shout <laughs> out, out you.
2: Shout, shout
0: out. Shout out your high school days, too, by the way. They could not <laughs> stop the kid. But you, was it, as soon as Saban enters the conversation, is like, I'm definitely going Alabama? Like, how does that whole thing unfold there and why is saban so good at getting everybody that is unbelievable to buy into like hey you're not going to be a starter immediately you're going to have to compete you're going to do this and then you're probably going to be a first round is that what he says you're just going to be a first round draft pick is that how it works
2: oh man that's that's not how it works (laughs) not at all um so really my decision ultimately going there was a shout out to saban but it has nothing to do with saving um it, it, was, it was it was really the the competition that attracted me you know like you said I was a former high recruit and they bring in that every single year though so like me going there and competing against the number one running back the number one linebacker the number one safety the number one dn like the number one anything in every position like it helps me get better every day and like you know you know the' saying iron sharpens iron so just the competition there alone at practice. Is like is like sometimes it will be harder than the game. Well, I was like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, crazy. Like the competition there, like, 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 think about this. Like my freshman year there, I was going up against Minka, Ronnie Harrison, Rashad <laughs> Evans, freaking uh, Payne. and these all like former first rounders, like Pain, uh, Humph, boy, I was Anthony everyone on the DN- on the side. It was. <laughs> It was uh, – it they're, like, starters, too. It's um, Levi Wallace on the other side. Like, it was – and it was one of their best defenses they had. Like, I'm going up against that every single day. Like, for me as a running back, I'm like, man, like, what the hell? Like, I want to serve all these people every day so, like, I can show them, like, you know, even though y'all got all these big-name dudes, like, like watch me come in and watch me, like, show out all of them. You know what I'm saying? Like, that is a competitor to me. So, like, that's what really attracted me in going there. You know what I'm saying? How much did your
0: body change from when you were you got there to when you're leaving? You said you're two thirty right now. Did you did you come in about that or was there a transformation?
2: I mean shit. Bro, I came in at like 225, to be honest with you. So you're just grown-ass man as soon as you got that. yeah just
0: Because I did some college games last year. I got to call some college games. We traveled around or whatever, and we talked to the strength coach. The strength coach is with the players all the time. So, like, that's – if you want to really learn about the per- the team, like, strength coach person to talk to. and. Yeah exactly it's real they're the only ones that legally are allowed to be around you or whatever a lot of exactly. these strength coaches will show pictures of all these guys they're like this is when they were they got here and then they'll put on like 35 40 pounds it's like this is the grown-ass man that's leaving now it's nice to hear that you uh number one recruit in the country was uh 230 pound 30 year old whenever you got to alabama that's <laughs> great news
2: yeah uh, i was uh yeah i came in there man i was already like I was already ready to go. You know what I'm saying? Like that. But you know, it didn't happen as like that. You know, obviously I, I sat behind like uh Josh Jacobs. I sat behind Damian Harris and Bo Scarbo, All good running backs, and all of them did is doing good in the league right now. Um, so but me sitting behind them, it was it was a good learning experience. Uh I, I learned a lot from all of them. Um, so you know, for for for, for me to, like to, to be the number one recruit and sit behind these people and you know I want to compete every day and just to learn from them and it was a it's like it's a good it was a good decision for me to I'd say to go to Alabama mm-hmm. I, I would say hey
0: it worked out I would say it, it, hey, worked, it worked out, out. <laughs> it worked out. <laughs> I
2: appreciate that hey
0: it worked out um I talked to Frank Gore he was a teammate of mine he's still playing obviously he's gonna play till he's 50 he deserves his own just hallway in the Hall of Fame or whatever. I was talking to him about coming out of the U because the U's running back room was deep, okay? The running backs that came out of, of the- I already cr- know that. Crazy. Yeah. And I was talking Dude. to him. I was like, how, did you, how do you manage that or whatever, you know? And he was like, well, whenever it was my time, it was my time to go or whatever. And, he, and then whenever he was like, whenever it was time to get to the league, I saw all them eating and I was like, I can't wait till I get my opportunity to. Like, uh-huh. Are you, are you excited? to get and play the next level to see if you're able to dominate just like you were at college or what is the, is it just business as usual going to the NFL? What is the mindset going into like the men's league
2: now? I'm telling you, this is my mindset, man. Like, so like you said, is it business as usual for me? Like, and you know, I love Conor McGregor, but like one of his quotes for Conor McGregor is like, or one thing he always says is like, I'm not here to, to participate. You know, I'm here to take over. So like, I'm not I'm not my mindset of going to the NFL is not to participate, you know, to saying, like, hey, look, it, I made it to the NFL, all that stuff like that. Like, I really am trying to like dominate it. You know what I'm saying? Because like, I don't wanna, like I said, I don't I, I don't like just participating stuff. Like, you know, like I said, me coming to Alabama in my freshman year and the up against Minka and everybody like that. Like, I don't want to just say, Oh, I played against them. Like, I want to show them like I want to dominate against them. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so That's my mindset of like entering the league, you know what I'm saying? Like, so. For me to train like I I train so much just for like put myself in position to do it because you know all I could do is just play my part you know handle what I can do and what I can handle what I can do is just training you know getting giving everything I need to work on you know fixing that and you know when I get my chance in the league you know I'm not planning to participate or just say like you know I'm playing I really just want to like dominate in any way form or fashion that's so, awesome you know, to hear. Yeah.
0: Mink almost got defense player of the year in that trade whenever he went over to Pittsburgh. Just absolutely the dominated. Pittsburgh. A lot of Pittsburgh Steelers fans, by the way. And I assume you're hearing this on Twitter or any other social media. platform. There are a lot of people mm-hmm. that are asking for your services in their city. That has to feel pretty good.
2: Hey, I don't control that. Hey, listen, I, don't, <laughs> I don't control that. I ain't the one making the decision at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? I like I said, I can't control that. So the only thing I can control is me training. Um, whatever happens, happens. Who's
0: called but, you, you know, the most? Who's called you the most? My agent.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> ah, that's hilarious, Connor. What do you
1: got? Yeah, Najee, no, I feel like every other weekend we're watching you hurdle somebody. Do you watch that in film and like pick a guy out, or are you just right before you're running like, oh shit, I gotta jump right now?
2: Um man, you know what it is, truthfully? It's, it's me getting, I'm tired of getting hit in my damn legs. So I'm like, God damn, this shit hurt. So I'm going to start jumping. I promise. I'm like, all right, but I'm going to start jumping. Some like, okay, one one play, like, it was just pure, like, instinct was like the Notre Dame one. Like, I thought it was like, I, I turned the corner. I didn't really see him. I thought like, you know, because I'm, I'm a bigger back. So I thought like, all right, he about to come for my legs. But uh, it didn't work out like that, I guess. <laughs>
0: Steve Sarkeesian came in there, and that offense became like a pro style offense. It felt like motions. Mac Jones was able to dissect the defense.
2: damn, the goddamn motions, bro! I'm telling you, I was tired. I used to tell Coach Sark every day in practice, like, like come on, bro! Like I'm tired of like running out and running back in just to run out. Like I used to, I used to tell him all the time, bro. All these damn motions. Like, you can finish your question though, but I, I was a part of, like me and him. Me and him got a. Uh, uh, I told him about that part. It was funny, though. It was a practice thing. No, it's not
0: like, Sarkeesian, it sounds like you had a great relationship with him. He he, That offense, what you guys were, I mean, obviously, coming off of Joe Burrow's year at LSU, people were like, there's no way anybody's going to be able to duplicate what LSU with Joe Brady and Joe Burrow did at LSU. And then, like, the first six, seven weeks or whatever, you guys were a better than it was like, Holy Sarkisian came in there and it was just a complete transformation of everything. Or was it just the right pieces, the right time? What do you think it was that made it just pop off so well?
2: You know, I think one of them was we had, we, we had a, a lot, a lot of returners, right? So we had a lot of, we had, a, we had a lot of guys that know what they were doing. So when you know what you're doing, you get to play faster. So, you know, we obviously had Schmidty and Waddle. We had like a lot of returners on our, our frontal line. You know, obviously I was there returning too, and then really the piece that that, you know, everybody was uh, like going in the season was kind of like, OK, like we got to get this right. And then we'll be good is the quarterback position because obviously we left. We lost to him. And Max, it was it was Max stepped in and then we was like, you know, it was like, I think he's going to do. I'm like, I mean, shit, we'll see. I mean, like either way, one way or another, we got to like get his back the way he's our quarterback. And then, goddamn, you feel me? He did his thing. Yeah, he, he, <laughs> he did better. He, he, he did better. I'm like, you know, sometimes I would just see this dude like, st- like just go and do an extra film, extra all that stuff just for like, you know, just for him to get that edge, you know. And then, Matt, Matt Jones playing at a high level made us all play like even better because, you know, like I said, like that was a that was a certain position. Like, we was kind of I, I personally was kind of like, ah, I, like, I don't know really what to expect right now, but you know. You know, we had two dynamic. We had, we had a lot of dynamic playmakers uh, at, at the at the edge. Yeah, and you know, we you. had a good old line, obviously. <laughs> and then you and know you we gotta, had. You got a two Heisman finalists,
0: two Heisman. You got a Heisman winner, Heisman finalist, Doak Walker Award winner in the back. I mean, now I'm not saying Sarkeesian could have been a fucking idiot and did that, but I mean <laughs> that team. The way the, the way the offense was put together, though with the motions and Mac being able to read and like, it was just, it was really awesome to watch. And I think it's going to give you guys a massive advantage going into the NFL whenever it comes to like reading what defenses are in and college defenses are so yeah. basic, obviously. But I think what Sarkeesian did not only made you guys dominate, but I think it helped all you guys as well with the transition.
2: It helped us out a lot because now that I'm doing a, now that I'm, I'm doing interviews obviously with the with NFL teams and you know, they're saying, uh, I was at the Reese's bowl and, uh, you know, I, I was there for a minute, and out and you know, I was on the Dolphins side, Dolphins team, and, and they was doing their playbook, and I was like, "Damn, like it's crazy! Like everything that's that's here, like that was our offense, literally, but just different names." So like, our our offensive, our offensive, uh, our offensive game plan was literally a NFL game plan, you know, because obviously, you know, Sark just came from the Atlanta Falcons, and you know, he tried to put a lot of what he did for the Falcons into the uh, and to the offense we had. So um, you know, just learning from him. And then just besides Sarkeesian, though, I had I had Coach Loxley, who's at Maryland, head coach, and then I had um the Bills, Coach Dable, and he was the offensive coordinator for the Bills, but at first he was the offensive coordinator for the Patriots. So like my four years here, like I was always learning from an NFL offensive Jeez. coordinator or somebody in the NFL, you know what I'm saying? So like now that I'm in a, now that I'm entering the league, it's like, all right, nothing is new here. I literally know what to do, it's just different names. You name know your- for it, like.
0: Do you guys have real majors down there in Alabama? You guys don't play. Do you guys play school or no? What was
2: your major? <laughs> play school? God damn it. I wish we could play school. I was over there working my ass off, but sometimes I would even sleep. I was stressing. School was way harder than football. It. Well, yeah, it seemed like That <laughs> is
0: true what what was your major?
2: I was a consumer science and had a minor in social work. I'm big on social work.
0: What's good? Nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We
2: start clapping! Hey, get you a
0: clap there. Get you a round of applause. The the uh, the NFL <laughs> offense thing, though. The I've seen plenty of talented dudes look very lost and uncomfortable their rookie year, second year, because they don't know the they have no idea what's going on. Anytime you're thinking, or not reacting. The fact that you're sitting there in that Reese's bowl looking at. The Dolphins offense, like, oh, we just got to change the terms. I know that exactly. That yeah. is a mess. I can't wait to see what you do. You're not going to participate, Najee. You're going
2: to take over, pal. What do you got, on? That's the word. I ain't participating because I'm trying to dominate. But, you know, hey, but look it. I might make a mistake, though, but don't be like, God damn it, Najee, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> of them little country folks out there. It'd be like, hey, listen, listen. Like, hey, listen, listen. You know, he's a rookie. It, it, making rookie mistakes. But if I do it twice, then you'd be like, then, you know, then say, like, all right. You kind of
0: fucking up, Najee. You know I mean? <laughs> yeah. Hey, by the yeah. way, we won't. We'll say you're doing great no matter what. <laughs> I just want you know, We'll say you're doing great no matter what. Pittsburgh, though, you're gonna learn their accent if you go up there and play up there. You're gonna love that. I, I mean, the Insers have Pittsburgh people have their own accent, their own way of talking. They like accent in Pittsburgh. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. Don, all right, very lazy way of speaking. All the words kind of stick. To you. I'm from Pittsburgh originally. A couple of us are. It's just Whoa. like Naji Harris running a Don a over over there.
2: Yeah. For any Pittsburgh listen. he said that. He said, y'all got a gotta lazy accent. And all no, they know. <laughs> they, I, know. Oh, they know. Oh, they know. I, hey, you're they you're know, talking about...
0: No. You go to it's Pittsburgh now. Yeah, you're talking... You go to Pittsburgh, I I think... Could you imagine with the Watts there and then you get this oh. 230-pound dude from Alabama in the back? If you gained two yards a run after what they did last year, you'd be maybe put a statue up of you in Pittsburgh. That, uh, Connor, what do you think? Yeah, Najee, a big whoa, whoa.
2: <laughs> statue. Listen. Any fan, that is him saying all <laughs> I'm not saying none of the Only thing I am, I'm on the show. I'm just looking. I'm just listening what he say. He saying all this about y'all. You feel me? Now hey, your face was there while I said it. I'm a fan of everybody. No, whenever
0: we clip it, you were sitting right there nodding your head while mm-hmm. I said it. The oh, whole no world saw it, Connor. Yeah, you were. <laughs> yep,
2: that's Connor. No, Moore. I was. I, I was looking at these dogs jumping rope, and I'm like, damn. I ain't <laughs> I'm looking at these dogs.
0: <laughs> is it really dogs jumping rope outside?
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Texas is wild, Texas. Texas is wild.
2: Hey, you see some crazy stuff here.
1: (laughs) Najee, a big uh, conversation on the internet during that national championship was Jalen Waddell uh, wanting to play and a lot of people thought he shouldn't. Did you or Devontae or anybody go up to him and be like, hey man, maybe not today or was he going to play no matter what because he's a warrior?
2: Listen, listen. Now, the whole week, I was telling him not to play, all right? But, I mean, like, you know, I, I keep telling him, like, listen, J Dub, ain't got to show nothing. All right. We all know what you can do. We all know, it, like, just take this game out, bro. Like, the worst thing that, that we want to see as a teammate is to see, like, something happen again. He was just like, all right, now, I, like, I got you. I got you, dog. <laughs> and, he, and he suited up. I'm mean, like, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's his decision. J Dub, one thing is a warrior, you know what I'm saying? But, like, if, if you think about it, though, like, you got to feel the emotions where he's coming from. Like, we're looking at it as as a as teammate standpoint, as your health. And, like, you know, obviously, you know, you should look at that too. But, like, he's got hurt, like, maybe the fourth – I don't know when we played Tennessee, maybe, like, the fourth game, fourth or fifth. And, you know, he was rehabbing, rehabbing, rehabbing. And, like, you know, him, him just seeing us us play, uh, his brothers out there playing, you know, he is, is is building a fire in as a competitor. Like, man, I want to go out there. So, you know – at the championship game, you know, he he suited up, and right when you suit up, I mean, like, you feel like you're invincible, kind of in a way. You know, it's like a superpower you put on your pads. It's like, all right, it's time to go. So, I mean, like I said, he he did it. I was just like, I was just like, man, like nobody knows their body other than themselves. So, you know, he he went out there and he did his he did his thing, and like to this day, like I commend them, like like goddamn, like he he went out there and did his and and, and he 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 did he, for what he can do. He did it. He did amazing. By the you know way, I mean? and like and then. And then, like, you know, he's 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 healthy right now. So, um, like I said, like he knew his body and, and he knew what he can do. So I mean, like I know people was like kind of like, man, like I don't think he should do that. But like, you know, you nobody knows their body other than you. And I mean, he did. He went out there and he did his thing.
0: I don't know Helped my body I don't know my body well. It changes a lot. You know, I go from go from uh, no, really technique... like a
2: slob.
0: Whoa. Right. That's the show. Thank you, Najee. Whoa. Thank you so much. Can't wait to watch the pro day. Can't wait to watch the pro day. Uh, uh, appreciate you so much, man. Ladies and gentlemen, Coke Walker Award <laughs> winner, Najee Harris. Never yeah. see you again, dude. Never see you again, bud. All right. I, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah. I'm a big fan. Started out terrible, but I really, I'm a big fan of his. He's going to be a stud. Take somewhere. over. Now, obviously, I'm not like a football um, Scott. Okay, I'm not watching every single play. 230 pounds. He's very good. He can jump over a dude that's standing up in the middle of the thing. I feel like, uh, is the music playing? Yeah. I don't have to head things in because the thing blew my ear out yesterday. The best part, too, is he's going
1: to go tell his buddy, he's like, yeah, I was on the show with uh, this old West Virginia middle linebacker. <laughs> <laughs> I was excited to see how far we could go with that. Yeah. I just put myself in Reed Williams' body there. I was
0: going <laughs> to start putting his stats out there. Yeah, defensive fucking player of the game. Fiesta Bowl, pal. What Man, are we even come, talking come about on. here? He's my roommate, he was much tougher than I. He blew up both of his shoulders, though, because he threw his head into things. Now he's a farmer with seven degrees and a doctorate. So Still got a record in that Fiesta Bowl, though. Yeah, damn right, he does. <laughs> Most guys have tried a lot of different ways to, you know, try to last a little bit longer yeah. when making love. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Think about your baseball team. That's a boring sport. That'll turn me off, right? Yeah, absolutely. Should. Maybe you start listing off cities and states. Maybe you start doing the alphabet backwards. Whatever you end up doing, you need to not do it anymore. Knock it off. None of it's going to work. Uh-uh. Okay? You're, before the time you get to the... The shortstop, it's already happened. Uh, All right? That's right. What you need is a real tag team partner whenever you're going in there. And our friends at Roman created just that with Roman Swipes. Roman Swipes are a swipe that comes in a discreet unmarked package uh, that shows up at your door, then it's in a tiny little packet that you put in your pocket, small enough to fit in your wallet, then right before it's time to make some love, right before it is time to go ahead and try to procreate, mm-hmm. maybe. Whenever it's time to go and put on a show, uh, you go ahead and go ahead and rub the swipe on, uh, it'll it'll dry, it'll not transfer to your partner at all, Ooh. and then you just have the time of your life. Yeah. GetRoman.com forward slash Pat McAfee. Jesus. That's GetRoman.com forward slash Pat McAfee. Mm -hmm. No spaces. Uh, And you can get your first month of swipes for just $5 when you choose a monthly plan. All right. Shout out to Roman. Shout out to you. Shout out to GetRoman.com forward slash Pat McAfee. Big news this morning out of Pittsburgh is that the Pittsburgh Steelers do officially want Uh, Ben Roethlisberger back, and Ben Roethlisberger wants to be back with the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're going to have to renegotiate a contract. Mark Madden, though, took Rooney's statement uh, that Rooney made after conversating with Ben Roethlisberger where he said that Ben shared with him that he would like to be a part of next year, and we shared with him that we would like to have him back to help us win a championship. Mark Madden tweeted out that he didn't say that Ben's coming back. (laughs) and I guess he didn't, but I'm excited to hear what Mark's thoughts are on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mark has always been a big Ben Roethlisberger guy, uh, but he, hey, he, he he's going to call it how he sees it. That's how mm-hmm. he's been in the radio business for 30 years at this point at the top of the world. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now. No, he's not on.
1: <sighs> calling him. Marky.
0: Well, Jay went over to where he calls him and then went back to his corner. So oh. I just assumed, like, okay, call was completed. Joining us now, ladies and gentlemen, a man who was a commentator for WCW a man who has been nationally syndicated as a radio host and then became strictly the voice of Pittsburgh sports. Basically, everybody in the city either absolutely loves him or absolutely despises him, which is right where he wants to be. Tested IQ of 166, ladies and gentlemen, Mark Mack. Thank you Don't All right,
3: bub.
4: Yesterday, I was on Spittin' Chicklets, Pat, the hockey podcast. Today, I'm adding electricity to
0: your show. I am in demand, and I am all the way live. Well, I am very <laughs> thankful for that. I saw you. I am a big Spittin' Chicklets fan. Love the boys over there. I saw your top five you gave. You did not have Crosby at one. We could talk about that for the next 20 minutes if we'd like to, but I'd rather not. I'd like to say your top five, very respectable, obviously, from one of the biggest hockey minds ever to, uh, ever to exist.
4: Well, I think that Lemieux... Or and Gretzky or top three, and whatever order you want to proclaim them can't really be argued. I mean, you can't argue Gretzky's points. You can't argue the way Orr changed the game and got all that offense despite playing defense. And certainly, Lemieux is the most potent offensive force to ever play the game. And then after that, I think Crosby and gordy Howe are pretty obvious. Maybe Rocket Richard figures in. But it's funny, all the feedback I've gotten on Twitter since I. Uh, talked about that list, it's like it's a blood oath, and there has to be a feud by Catfields and McCoys. You Because know, what about Messier? What about Yager? What about shutting up and letting the experts talk? <laughs>
0: You love it, though. Uh, I would assume we're going to see a lot more top fives out of Mark Madden strictly because of the interaction that you probably got to have on the internet over this yesterday. Let's move on to football, though. Uh, that's the only thing people really want to hear me talk about ever. I know you are a very diversified collection of opinions and thoughts because of the big old brain. But let's talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. You put out a tweet this morning that's maybe my favorite tweet I've seen in some time. Uh, Aditi yesterday put out a tweet that Ben Roethlisberger's agent told her that the Steelers told him that they want Ben Roethlisberger back then this morning. Rooney put out a statement via the Steelers saying, hey, we uh, Ben Roethlisberger and I met yesterday morning and we had a productive meeting. We are able to discuss a lot of things that relate to where we are and where we want to go. Ben assured me that he is committed to coming back to help us win. And I told Ben that we would like to have him back to help us win a championship. We both understand that the next step is to work out Ben's contract situation. You put out a tweet this morning and said, Art Rooney said it didn't say Ben's coming back. How, how, do you, how do you read that and don't see that? And do you like that Ben's coming back?
4: Art Rooney didn't say Ben's coming back. He just didn't say it. He said they have to work out the contract and the cap, and that's what he said three weeks ago. So as far as I'm concerned, it's more likely, but it has not yet been decided. I also like it that the Steelers' arrogance, as personified by their president, enables him to say, we want to have Ben come back to help us win a championship. They ain't won a playoff game since 2016, and they've won three in the last 10 years. But yeah, let's win a championship out of the clear, frigging blue sky when Baltimore and Cleveland are in our division, and they're both clearly better than us, and Cleveland kicked our ass in the postseason uh, just a month or so ago. So uh, I think Ben probably is coming back. And I think it's their best bet, but if he does come back, Pat, Then they got to do everything to try to win this season. If they draft the quarterback in any round, Ben should quit right there on the spot. But by the same token, Ben can't be the boss anymore. These three-yard passes last year to get rid of the ball and never get hit, if he's not willing to throw deep, if he's not willing to hang in there and take risks to make plays, then he should not be playing. Pat, his average pass, his average completion last year, traveled three yards in the air. Dead people fall forward further. <laughs> they, they they need to embrace what Matt Canada wants to do, at least what Ben can do in the context of, of his offense. And every run-pass option can't be a pass. Last year, they were last in the league in rushing. They were first in the league in pass attempts. And that is a one-way ticket to Palookaville, then and now. <laughs>
0: all right so let's let's talk about a couple of things You, it sounds like you know that ben's coming back i mean obviously, no, no, I, I don't know like when i read what art
4: rooney said it's like if noah had said well if it doesn't rain we won't need this boat i mean <laughs> you see what's likely but he didn't say anything definite
0: okay Shout out Noah by the way. Shout, Shout, out. Out. Shout out Noah. Shout out Noah. First documented blackout too by the way. People forget with uh Noah, he was found naked in his winery by his kids in some page in the book there that they have after saving the world. But um so if Ben <laughs> if Ben comes back, okay Ben, let's say he's coming back. Let's assume he's coming back you say they got to go all in they'll save money if they do an extension they'll be able to save 14 million dollars i think spot track in uh maziano put that out there that that's probably how the extension will look what else do the Steelers have to do you think to win a championship so they don't just have three playoff wins in 10 years to get there what do they have to? we just talked to Najee harris great running back is that what they need what what all do you well, think well i wrote that in the trib in my column earlier
4: today i, I mean i think they're nowhere close to a championship I don't even think they're a playoff team far from guaranteed to even make the postseason Pat, but I would get Najee Harris. Yes. Uh, I know that a lot of people think they need to get offensive linemen and they do, but if they go into next season with Benny Snell as the starting running back, Ben won't take him seriously. The other team won't take him seriously. Najee Harris would open the field up for Ben open the field up for the entire offense and you can make do on the offensive line. They have a few decent components there. And they can figure it out otherwise. But if Benny Snell's the number one back, uh, forget about it. They're going to finish last in rushing again and first in pass attempts again. They need Najee Harris. I think he may well be available at number 24. And if he is, the Steelers should take him.
0: He just gave us an incredible interview, to be honest. You would, I mean, he'd probably do very well. So you would like, and he has good personality. Now, if he plays bad, you know. Well, Pat, if he can talk,
4: then we really need to draft him, although like everybody else, the Steelers won't let him come on my show.
0: <laughs> well, there's a real <laughs> juju's probably coming back. Bunce be Pittsburgh for life. by the way, once his legacy. Oh, right. to be in now Pittsburgh. hold it, hold it. You open that, that can of worms. He's
4: saying that so when he leaves, he can shrug his shoulders and sigh and say, Well, I wanted to. I tried. I did my best. I love Pittsburgh. But New York,
0: here I come. <laughs>
1: What do you have, Carl? Yeah, my question was actually around Juju, Mark. Do you think that it's uh, worth it to bring him back now that Ben is confirmed to uh, be the guy going forward, hopefully?
4: Brent's not confirmed. I mean, I I don't know how many times I have to say it. He fucking,
1: will you put that quote back up, please? Hold on.
0: Mark, it has
1: been, you have a tested
0: IQ of 166. Now, this was crafted, obviously, where they can't say the deal has been done. We would like to have him back to help us win a championship. Read the last sentence, Pat. Read the last sentence. That is all the people need to know. We both understand that the next step is to work out Ben's contract situation. Business is business, okay? But it seems like both sides here are on the record of saying, we're going to get this done. It'd be bad if the Steelers come out and say this and then can't get the deal done, don't you think?
4: I don't think they care what it looks like. I mean, they'll make it seem like it's Ben's fault if it doesn't work out. But uh, I-, I think it's very likely sure. they'll come. he will come back and play. I will deal from that perspective if you like.
0: We would like you to deal from that perspective. I will juju Juju and he are a package deal.
4: No, they're not. (laughs) Juju and Twitch are a package deal. Juju and TikTok are a package deal. He's gonna get like 14, 15 million somewhere, Pat. The Steelers can't afford him. He can't afford to stay with the Steelers. And they don't need him. Their receiving core is just fine without him. You lose something if he leaves. I grant that. But they got Washington. They got Deontay Johnson. They got Chase Claypool, who will turn out to be just as big an ass as Juju. <laughs> They're going to be fine.
0: It's Mapletron. Have a little fucking respect, please. What do you got, Diggs? Mark. Yeah,
4: Mapletron. He's a joke like that Canadian division in the NFL. Woo!
0: NFL. NHL. Yeah. Woo! yeah! Woo! Hey, by the way, Matt Murray last night, big shootout win. That kid's,
4: that kid's stopping pucks ah. up there. I feel bad for Matt Murray. He is he is on a shooting gallery. But that Canadian division, that's like a minor league stuffed into a pinball machine. It's top-heavy with stars. Those stats shouldn't even count. <laughs> Mark, is there any reason to believe that new Steelers offensive coordinator Matt Canada isn't going to be a lapdog like Randy was for Ben? That's a good question, and he can't be. If, if Ben's going to run the offense, if he's going to check into a pass every play, the team won't be any better. Uh, I, ben doesn't have the mobility to execute all the bells and whistles of a typical Matt Canada offense. Then again, Matt Canada's never been a coordinator in the NFL, so I'm not sure what a typical offense uh, as administered by him at that level will be like, but uh, Matt Canada has to be in charge, but I, I will believe that when I see it. That's a good point.
0: The Steelers never pay anybody. Right, isn't that kind of like a thing? They don't really pay people. That isn't a, they. Have- well,
4: they they pay the star players. I mean, they spend up to the cap, but uh, yeah, their coaching hires have been a bit circumspect. Uh, you know, I, I, I forget how many, but at least two of their hires, maybe three, come to the Steelers with no NFL coaching experience. Like when we had the big to do about signing J.J. Watt and T.J. Watt and Derek Watt because all the Watts on one team—that would be so cool. I said bring in Mr. and Mrs. Watt, the mom and dad as assistant coaches. They have as much experience as most of the Steelers' recent hires.
0: Okay, <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Watt, by the way, legends, Yeah. legends oh, yeah. in their own right. And the Watts, the Watt brothers have teamed up, by the way, for an incredible tag national show. The best. Yeah, yeah. It was the best tag show I've ever seen in my entire life. And
4: what, you, what is tag? I don't even know what tag is.
0: They hosted a show, Mark, they're TV hosts.
4: Where, where, where was that?
0: Prime time, Come Fox, on. all the Watts, tag. Ultimate tag, oh yeah.
4: You mean where adults are playing tag? <laughs> it's professional tag, yeah. Adults are playing tag. <laughs> well, gee, I can't believe I missed that. I hope it's fun. <laughs> I hope I can see it on, on demand.
0: <laughs> you'll get to see it every Sunday if JJ joins the team. Yeah, yeah. See, you'll yeah. get to see it, all the Watts hosting a show out there. It, it'd be unbelievable.
4: They can all miss the playoffs forever, together. <laughs> now
0: when they see- do
4: that tag show, Pat, are all free Watts hosting?
0: Yeah. Do
4: they wear their rings? Oh Wait, I'm sorry.
0: Ooh, I, don't I don't have any either, Ooh. I can't really. I mean, there's a lot of people that don't have rings. You have charisma, Pat, and that's what matters. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's talk about the ring thing. Tampa Bay Buccaneers feels like they're gonna, you got people that are gonna be ring hunting down in Florida. I mean, people players love Bruce Arians. There's no tax. The team just won. They got Tom Brady. The general manager said there's a chance for an extension on Tom Brady at this point because he wants to play a little bit longer. Then he got the Los Angeles Rams giving up three first-rounders for Matthew Stafford. Got people going in there. How do you feel about the teams? The NBA is kind of becoming—I'm not saying the NBA and the NFL are ever going to be the exact same thing, but it feels like there's like super teams and there's teams that draft from within. How do you feel about that kind of trend in the NFL, Mark?
4: I don't think that could quite trend Pat the way it did in the NBA because in the NBA, if you have two or three star players, you have a team. It takes more than that with the NFL. I think that the most prescient thing you said about Tampa is the no state tax. Oh yeah. I mean, if I were a player, I'd go someplace that had a good team and no state tax and certainly Tampa Bay, as long as they have Brady uh, fills that bill. And by the way, I know you like to bet occasionally, boy, I lost on the chiefs. I, I, I was so dumb to get bet against Brady, and I will never do it again. I feel stupid, and I'm a super genius. I shouldn't ever feel stupid. That's kind of like the scene in The Godfather. A man of my
0: intelligence can't be made to look ridiculous. Well, I bet, by the way, I bet that the Chiefs would win. I bet uh, 30000 on tails, but oh. I hit.
4: I, oh, I bet on tails too, Pat. Thanks for the advice.
0: <laughs> hey, I'm an influencer. I influenced you? Yes, Okay. Yeah. I do not have a one sixty-six. I, I do not I am nowhere near that. I'm very that makes me feel pretty good about myself. Also. I don't I don't I don't blame you. I blame
4: myself for betting on the coin flip.
0: It's America. You know what I mean? you In America, it. you can bet $30,000 on a coin toss. I mean, that is a... Yeah, but then you hit that ridiculous parlay. That was inspiring. That was tremendous. See, that's what I'm talking about, though. I bet on that coin toss, and everybody remembers that. People are forgetting the $25,000 parlay I put together. I did think, though, and I think you and I... I'll be intrigued to hear your thoughts on this. I think that marquee players right? The reason why they're marquee players, big name players is because, uh, in big moments, they make big plays. So yeah. I, I thought Gronkowski, I'm like, okay, this could, I think, uh, Antonio Brown, by the way, big time, big name player, uh, Leonard Fournette. Uh, I think this is going to happen. And that was my parlay. I believe in that, especially in the Super Bowl. Uh, do you kind of, it feels like you mostly hate big name players. Is, is that a no, misjudgment?
4: No, not, not at all. In fact, uh, in that Super Bowl, I bet on Gronk and AB to score touchdowns. I just didn't parlay it as wisely as you, or bet big enough to cover betting on Tyree Kill to be MVP. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, Ant- Antonio Brown, touchdown in the Super I Bowl.
4: Hate <laughs> big name players. I, 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 don't. I, I just believe you have to prove yourself more than, more than social media. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big Rocklisberger fan, big Crosby fan, big Lemieux fan, but. Uh, you know, there's certain guys who, like Juju's not a big name player. He's a big name celebrity. He's not a big name player. Who'd he ever be? You know, it just, it just some guys are overestimated, by, by the marks out there, and I just call them out on it. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think that makes me a hater in the least.
0: Well, I mean, people would say you're a hater. And by the way, I, I that's that's a whole other conversation. I don't think so. I, I think you're not a tr- hater
4: at all. The people out there, they're too sensitive. They just want to throw rose petals at the feet of their heroes all the time, and I don't buy it. I am not a hater. I am the voice of truth. On this show, on my show, I am like the Ariel Helwani of everything that Ariel Helwani doesn't talk about.
0: <laughs> you ever make, meet Ariel Helwani? He's an incredible. I don't know, but
4: I want to. I think he uh, he, and I, in addition to you and your your great cast there, I think we are the lifeblood of this program.
0: <laughs> Ariel <laughs> believes that too. I want to let you know. I will get text messages from Ariel. He believes that as well. Which there's no br- question. Uh, I mean, we are both. What's the word you use? Electric.
1: Electric.
4: It, it, it's amazing. I can. I, when Ariel is on your show, my, my fingertips sizzle. They sizzle, Pat.
0: <laughs> he does cut great promos. He had a luchador mask on at one point. Yeah. I mean, he, he really. And, I, and I don't even like MMA. I just like Ariel. Well, okay, so by the way, I see you've kind of tightened the hair up a little bit. You look good today. I just want to let you know. Oh, I
4: look terrible. I look terrible. I didn't have time to trim my beard. You know what's weird when you get old, Pat? You're not you're not that far off. I'm 60 now. Your hair and your nails grow at an astounding rate. <laughs> I used to need a haircut like every six weeks. Now I go in every three weeks. And it's it's just I'm keeping it the same length. It's just it grows so fast. You know, it grows when you're dead. Month too. and a half you used to go weeks.
0: in between haircuts. You used to go a month, six weeks in between
4: haircuts, Mark. I used to, yeah. I didn't, I didn't need to get a cut. It didn't grow nearly as fast.
0: Congrats on the uh, being able to keep the hair and the nails. I want to talk about star power, though. You talked about Crosby there. Thank you. No go Paul, ahead. Crosby, I was watching last night, right, and. I was trying to explain to my wife, who from Indiana, so no hockey team out here, but she's become a Pens fan. Like she likes, loves the sport of hockey. Like has enjoyed it. Always try to watch every time the Pens are on national TV. Now last night it was a little bit difficult because Young Rock was also on, so it was a little bit difficult, you know, at the same time there.
4: Yeah, real hard decision. Yeah. Okay. So,
0: so so I was trying to explain Sidney Crosby though, and I was I was trying to I was having a conversation with her. I think the NHL let down Sidney Crosby. I think the NHL wasted Sidney Crosby's career. And even Ovechkin, You can not get to Ovechkin. Ovechkin's most known by the public that isn't hockey fans because of what he did with the Stanley Cup as opposed to what he does on the ice. Sidney Crosby is uh, was LeBron James coming out of high school, basically. This guy is now 13 years into this or however many years into this. And there's a large majority of motherfuckers that have no idea he exists. And I'm like, whose fault? I think it's the NHL's fault. I feel like they potentially mismanaged Sidney Crosby, their superstars careers that not enough people have enough respect or knowledge of them.
4: It's the NHL's fault. It's also just a sad fact that hockey isn't nearly as popular as the other sports. I like, and I'm the biggest hockey fan ever. It's by far my favorite game. I always say it's number six among the four major sports. (laughs) It It just hasn't clicked beyond its niche audience. And I don't care if it does at this point, part of the problem is, Hockey is run by Canadians. Gary Bettman's their New York American lawyer frontman. Okay, but, but hockey's run by Canadians, and Canadians always want hockey to be a sport where grit means as much as skill. So when you turn on the NHL Network or even NBC Sports, half the guys talking about it are dopes who couldn't play the game but were just try-hard guys who keep wanting to emphasize the grit, like Mike Milbury. Mike Milbury would pick on Crosby when he would get roughed up and, and he would, you know, get get frustrated or the team didn't stick up for him. He'd talk about, oh, toughness matters. Crosby has to learn to deal better with that as opposed to just saying flat out, this guy's the best player in the game and he should be protected. But again, and Milbury's American, ironically, with a Canadian mentality, but hockey just wants to be just as much about grit and skill. And as a result, the skilled guys have never quite gotten the proper credit, the exception being Gretzky, who they protected incredibly. If they protected Lemieux and Crosby and Ovechkin, well, they didn't need to protect Ovi because he's so big and tough. But you you get the idea.
0: They just didn't do enough for their stars. You are right on the money with that. Well, and what about, and I was thinking about this because there was a time where Sid floated by um, the camera, and it was like straight down the line there. He had no bend to his stick, right? Back in the day, when did they make the rule that you couldn't have the fucking hook blade on that thing? I used to be, I used to have a lacrosse stick down there. I yeah. used to be able to whip that thing and he used to go there. When did they make the rule? Because Sid is basically just a flat stick. Has it always been like that in NHL?
4: Yeah, and that's uh, one of the things that makes him legendary. Nobody has ever played better on the backhand. Nobody's ever used the other side of the stick better than Sidney Crosby. Uh, They had the banana blade in the early 60s because Bobby Hull and Stan Mikita with the Blackhawks, Chicago, Mm -hmm. they kind of cracked their blade and it just kind of bent naturally. It didn't break, but it bent. And they were screwing around in practice, and they noticed how the puck jumped off that curve when they shot. So they started, like, using torches and sticking the blades under doors and bending them, and then your manufacturer started making them. And then they limited the curve, I think, at one point to a half inch, maybe now a quarter inch. I'm not sure, but that—that's pretty much in a nutshell the tale of the curvature of hockey sticks.
0: Well, oh, and that's why he was able to do the Michigan on the backhand with that thing because mm. it was a flat stick or whatever. What do you got, Nick? I, I hate the Michigan. Well, if he scores I, there, it's fucking awesome, and maybe that actually makes a highlight. You know what I mean?
4: It, it, it's showbiz. I mean, no knock on. No, 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 oh, it's Sidney good. Crosby's doing oh. showbiz. Is that what you're saying? Say anything but showbiz. Make a hockey play.
0: <laughs> He's about to put a puck in the back of the fucking net from behind the fucking net. That's a hockey play. He didn't. I mean, it was close. To, I mean, that thing was <laughs> right close. And it was a little bit higher up on his stick. It's his backhand. What do you want from the guy?
4: He's the, he's one of the top five players ever, as I said, amid some controversy. I just I, I don't like when anybody does that play.
1: Mark, just rewind a little bit. You said you don't bash the big name guys. What about all the guys on those buckos all the years you skewered? All the big name talent they had.
4: Hold it. The key phrase there is big names. Who, who are the big names?
0: Pittsburgh Pirates? Barry Bonds? J-Bell? J- oh, I'm a... I'm Jason a B- Kendall? Jay bell Oh, you remember Kendall's pop time? A.J.
5: Guy? Burnett?
0: Oh, my God. Was well, that I'm, the guy I was drunk AJ with? Burnett yeah.
4: Fan. I'm a big Barry Bonds fan. Barry Bonds is the greatest baseball player ever. Mm-hmm.
5: Yes, sir. I agree.
0: Both heads.
4: <laughs> so, I've I never bashed the Pirates. I mean, you know, on the rare occasion when they have a winning year, I actually acknowledge that. It, it doesn't happen very often. It won't happen this year. My God, they might lose a... A buck ten this year.
0: <laughs> all right, Mark. I appreciate you. Thanks for the electricity today, Bub. Was it good?
4: I, I, <laughs> I I've been real hard on myself lately.
0: No, stop being so. Why, why? You got that little Vegas hangover? You weren't out there too long. Now you're beating yourself up.
4: No, I don't know. I mean, I'm 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 old. I'm obviously really popular and really successful and <laughs> you know, all that stuff. I gotta admit, I look decent today with the you know semi-flowered shirt like the WCW days glasses look good like you said the hair looks good it's just growing too fast but even the very greatest pat lacks self-confidence once in a while but i think thanks to the therapeutic experience that appearing on your show always is i think i will leave here in moments a better man you're back baby yeah! Ladies and gentlemen, Mark back. Yeah, Mark!
1: Woo! he's the best dude him refusing to believe Ben is back, too, is hysterical. They didn't say
4: it. Do you want me to operate under that assumption? <laughs> I will. Yeah.
1: I will.
5: You think Juju gets 15 mil a year from somebody?
0: That's what he's saying. That's going to be tough, I think, to find. See. Who else? T.Y.'s out there. Chris Godwin's out there. A. B. Edelman might be out there. Tommy Brown might be out there. Alan Robinson. Alan Robinson. Galladay.
1: Galladay. So many. Marvin Jones also from the line. Yeah, Juju's but how many only twenty four. He's gonna get paid by somebody a lot of money. Fifteen million a year?
0: Fifteen per day. What's the average market? right now for wide receivers? Fifteen million puts you between ten and
4: fifteen in league as far as pay for a wide receiver.
0: Hey, maybe hey Juju, if you can get it, go get it. Yeah. Go do what you gotta do. Um he loves, by the way, just oh, He's the best at it. Like, when he puts that top five out and he saw the reaction at that top five, I'm excited for Mark Madden's next 20 top fives <laughs> that are about to happen. I'm smarter than you. Here's my top five. And then as soon as somebody disagrees, he's like, all right, here we go. You asked for this, mm-hmm. pal. I've been waiting for this. He just goes to war with people on the air. What's going on? Players you?
4: making 15. Uh, Cooper Cup, Jarvis, Tyler Lockett, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Odell.
0: So if Juju gets that, all those guys are going to ask for restructure. by <laughs> the. <laughs> Immediately following this beat drop from a gentleman named Twine. Thank you, Twine. Right on time. Ooh, that rhymed. Wow. <laughs> what a sign. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, joining us now is a college football national champion and a super bowl champion. Ladies and gentlemen, AJ Hawk. Yeah! Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. hey what well, up, dude?
3: What's going on? Hey, saw some of uh Mark Madden interview. That was it was good. I enjoyed him. I'll tell you what. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: there are a lot of people sending tweets about Mark Madden every time he comes on the show. A lot of people get upset with me for having him on the show. Uh, but if you watch that and you don't think to yourself, hey, that's an entertaining son of a bitch right there. I, mm-hmm. I think you're doing life wrong. All right. I, I think you're doing that. He looked good today. The hair was slicked back. Ooh. I mean, he was feeling himself, AJ. I, I appreciate him coming on. Eddie Olchek will be joining us here in about 21 minutes. Obviously, hockey legend, player, coach. And I believe... He had to battle against uh, stage four cancer uh, just like a year or two ago. He's on the other side of it. Can't wait to talk about, you know, hockey with him. Uh, AJ, uh, we talked about this in the first hour. It's 42 minutes, the estimated reading time uh, for this article. I don't know if you get a chance to see. we we'll talked talk about it a little bit. It was about the NFLPA and Drew Brees uh, basically stole the show there at the end because there were some alarming numbers being put out for the amount of money that Drew was potentially getting paid from the NFLPA. He said it's from the players. Uh, Demory Smith is from Players, Inc. But anyways, this whole thing, the NFLPA, and I'm not asking about the article in itself because it's 42 minutes. I'm going to assume you didn't read it, but I don't know if you did or saw it. The NFLPA is something that, I mean, I hated whenever I was in the NFL. I I fucking hated. I I did not. I appreciate the work that they they had done. You see, what had happened, Mm. what what they did in the past, you know. And they show, like, this uh, video uh, it's like a propaganda video before every meeting basically like you know back in the day there was rats running around the locker room and the NFLPA came in and said hey you're going to have at least one mop in every locker room and you know they they tell this propaganda of uh, everything that they've done and helped out help players and i agree that they have and the NFLPA i believe serves a purpose or whatever but there's a lot of shit that they would do and i'm like this i mean this isn't what we're looking for when you were playing How was your relationship with the NFLPA, the Green Bay Packers relationship, because I feel like a lot of guys felt the way I felt, but everybody's like, ah, it's not worth the time to even fucking change it, and and when we talked to Aaron last year, he was like, he was all, he became an NFLPA rep, which by the way my first time, I was like, I did not expect you to be a rep or whatever, and he even said like, you know I'm trying at this point, the NFLPA is such an interesting thing, it is a very very interesting thing, and this article, I do believe I'm going to read it tonight, they say estimated 42, I've never read a book in my life, so that's going to be what two, three hours for me to get through that fucking Thing, but I'm going to give it a go. The NFL PA, anytime more information comes out about it, the more and more I'm like, yeah, I think I was right with the way I felt about that whole thing.
3: I think how you feel is how a lot of guys in the NFL feel. I think most, most part, most players don't ever really think about the PA. They don't really think about what their role could be in the union. And I, I that's exactly how I was, especially early in my career. I never thought of it. I'm like, okay, they're going to come in and talk to us. We've seen what they have done. Yes. They did a lot of great things four players and they continue to try to do that as well but man there's huge like communication issues I think from the top down and I know it's not an easy gig to try to get everybody in the league like on the same page and get them invested most guys don't really care they just want their their ten thousand dollar Madden check that used to come at the end of those meetings once a year but I I just think the article that you're talking about yeah I saw it it's the fact I think they said Drew Brees got like a total of nine million dollars over whatever span of time they're talking about and they come back and they say, Well, no, Drew's agent and DeMorris Smith say, like, no, this is from Players Inc., like Jersey merchandise sales. And I'm like, All right, I don't know, man. Like it's it just seems like something's up, especially since Drew was Demoris's like one of his biggest uh supporters throughout the process.
0: And I skimmed through and I had Ty. Ty has sent me a bunch of Ty has read it, and as we've gone to break, I've tried to scroll through, and Ty being like, hey, this happened, this happened. By the way, shout out to Ty. Always good to have a friend that was accepted to Harvard who can break down shit like this whenever you need it or whatever. Uh, That's my first time, by the way, ever having that friend. My friend Reed in college, I guess he would have also been that particular person, but I was drunk every night, so I wasn't really asking him those questions. But (laughs) Ty is that guy. It, It seems like, now, there has to be a reason this article was written, right? Like, who's writing this? Why is this happening or whatever? But the NFLPA... And I think we paid more attention to it whenever the CBA negotiations negotiations were happening, before they happened, and after they happened. And I think it's because nobody likes to talk about it, because the information you're getting is from the NFL, and you have to have a a good relationship with the NFL, and the the NFLPA normally has scattered different things, so it's tough to cover. The NFLPA is very important to the well-being of future athlete, or future players and everything like that. They've dropped the ball on that mightily. I think everybody has realized that. A lot of people blame the NFL, which, by the way, I think you could definitely point some fingers at the NFL for not taking care of retired players as much as they probably should, knowing for the fact with what the stats are both medically and financially for retired players. The NFL should have you know, said, like, hey, we'll step up and do this. But it's really the NFL PA's job. And I think when I – when I started asking questions in those meetings that you're referring to where you get the Madden check at the end of, you could tell they were not happy I was asking a question, okay? My teammates were not happy I was asking a question either. It's like, Pat, we've been here since fucking 6.30 this morning, okay? They always do it on your longest work day. It's like a Wednesday, longest workday after practice, and at the end of this meeting... You're getting your Madden check. So they they set it up so nobody asks any questions, right? It is... Yeah. Now, granted, that might not be their, their intent, but it seemed like that was it every single time. And I would always ask a question, and then the answer would be just be like, so stupid. It's like, all right, I'm not even fucked. And then when I was in the substance of abuse policy, or program, and I needed somebody to look out for me because I was getting, like, abused with this drug testing it was supposed to go down, I didn't get a text for, like, three months later, and they're like, you good? I'm like, fuck you. Then they started selling boomstick shirts. Fanatics started selling boomstick shirts, which was a marketing thing basically that was created by my Twitter followers on on my social media. And I'm like, I started seeing these shirts pop up on the internet with like Pat Boomstick McAfee and it's NFLPA certified. I'm like, awesome. How much money am I making off? Oh, like, yeah, you're getting like 2.5% of that. I'm like, oh, fucking great. Okay, so you just gave away nice. basically all my shit. Yeah, this is a great deal. Hey, I pre- just trying to keep the income coming or revenue. I'm like, oh, thank you. I, I fucking appreciate that. Thanks for making that deal for me, you know? So I actually did not sign to join the NFLPA, like, the last two years of my career. And uh, I did not go to those meetings. I just got fucking fed up. I'm like, all right, fuck these dudes.
3: Well, so, like, let's go back to, like, the, the money that was paid out to Drew Brees. Does that come from the players? Is that your dues?
0: Is that part of it? They're saying... It was from his jersey sales and everything like that, right? But they do have every time they came to those meetings. I don't know how many people were there for you. We had like six people were representing the union. And this guy does this. This person does this. I'm like, I appreciate all that. Who's paying all these motherfuckers? And why is this? This is where what what do you do? What what do you do at the end of the day? The whole you know, there's just like I, I just because it is my money and I didn't have a three-hour practice where I had to run my head into somebody. When we got into those meetings, I would see things, and I feel like I've always kind of had an entrepreneurial spirit. I feel like I've always wanted to kind of do my thing. So when I'm seeing these decisions get made, like deferred bonuses, you remember when they did that? Player, uh, player performance bonus, which is a bonus that is given to the players if they outperform their contract. So a lot of younger guys get this. If you have more snaps than expected with your contract, the player performance bonus is to be given to you to kind of make up for it. Normally people that are getting big player performance bonuses by the way don't have big money okay this is like uh this is for people they were like oh we're gonna defer these payments a couple years because we're looking out for you and a lot of guys were like fuck like i need this money like who's making these so i had a lot of questions but i never was a rep so i'm basically like the people you know that that don't vote you're like the people that complain about politics but didn't vote which
3: i mean yeah that is pretty much very similar so i just i chose not to sign up for it but don't you think it's because it does feel like, all right, it's overwhelming to think about going in there and trying to make a change. It's probably like anything in politics or whatever, like, all right, for me to truly make a change, what needs to happen? Like massive amounts of work, massive amounts of time. The one thing the NFLPA definitely has going for him right now, the head of the players part of the PA is J.C. Treader, who I played with in Green Bay. Super smart Ivy League guy, I think. And he's actually I, – I, he is not – in bed with the owners or anybody he feels like he absolutely is looking out for the players
0: that's see we need more of that so like the nba the nbpa um completely changed when chris paul got in there and then Mm -hmm. all the big name players started doing it right like all the big name players in the nfl it's not like that like there are some big name guys and i like that and it almost gets like shunned upon the big big name guys going in there because they're like, oh, you're not relatable to the lower they they almost pin like the successful players again you see ba doing it now kind of ba's like uh of course the vets don't want to have fucking practice they don't want these young guys to take their job but in the pa they're always like well you know if we get too many rich guys in there they don't know what it's like to be a young guy which is true and i can understand that they might be past it but if they're rich they've been in the nfl a long time by the way they've probably seen the way things operate now unless they're just the most selfish motherfuckers on earth which they could be i guess i think the people that have been around they probably have a little bit more influence maybe on the nfl as well if they're going in and Negotiations, and there's no offense to anybody that I was teammates with that went and become a rep, you know. Uh, Not a lot of high tier guys that do it, they serve and everything like that. But I feel like if the NFLPA was to ever really do a dent or, or win any of these negotiations, And first of all, I got to take care of retired players because every player is going to be a retired. That was one of my questions, by the way. That was that was one of my that was that was maybe the first moment when I was like, oh, I fucking hate these people. (laughs) I go, uh, should we not maybe think about taking care of retired players? You know, and this is Vinatieri's big thing. Vinatieri is an executive member right and is like hey ask about retired players like this is a big deal and Vinny was the first one to really tell me because you don't it makes sense after you're told it but Vinny's like we're all going to be retired players at some point so it's like this is something we should care about or whatever so I ask about it and the one guy who wasn't to Smith gives an answer like hey we got to get ours okay they can take care of theirs we got to get ours and I was immediately like well, it is ours because we are going to be retired players or whatever. And they're like, we got to take care of ours. They got to take care of theirs. And it was like, next question. I'm like, okay. So I got 80% of guys going broke. All right. We got, we got terrible um, uh, medical shit popping off. We got all this stuff. Should we not focus about that? And it's like, we got to get ours. It's like, oh, so you aren't looking out for who you're supposed to be looking out for. And I've just always, now granted, I'm a pretty anti-authority human always have been i don't like a lot of people speaking for me you know and making moves like that is something i've always been so that might add into it but man it felt like for a long time it was just a bunch of bullshit that's why i'm legitimately excited to read a 42 minute fucking article and i want to know who wrote it how they wrote it why'd they write it who's getting buried who's trying to get promoted that whole thing in this whole thing
3: there's a there's a great back and forth in the article between dominic foxworth i believe and a couple of owners uh when they were negotiating i don't know who it sounds like it's first-person accounts of what happened in there. It's great. watching them go back and forth. And Jerry Jones comes in and kind of cools thing off, th- everything off. But the only power I feel like the players truly have is if they sit out games. And, and I know when I was there, I didn't want to sit out games. I didn't want to strike. We got locked out when I was playing. It's very different. But everything got figured out right as training camp was about to open because guys didn't want to miss games. But don't you feel like that's the only power the players have if they truly threaten to not
0: play? I guess. I mean, I just – for me, with the players and the owners, and now that I've been a part of a lot of business conversations at this point, by the way, pretty fucking high end ones too. It's been. Hey, hey, my bad, but it doesn't.
3: Didn't they just sign a 10 year extension on the CBA? Yeah. So it but doesn't, it's gonna, none of this matters then. Nothing's going to happen. Yeah. Right? Nothing could
0: happen for another 10 years, but then they had to renegotiate for the salary cap because of potential whatever's going to happen with the salary cap okay. and revenue splits and everything like that. Um, Lockout, by the way, I wish that happened every single year. And I know this is pretty, it was awesome. It was fucking awesome. It was the greatest thing of all time. The But- Once again, that's something the NFL players should have got out in front of PR-wise and said, this is not a strike. Because a lot of people were like, oh, the spoiled players are doing anything. It's like, no, we're not even allowed to fucking go to work right now. I don't even know. But that was one thing I thought, you know, this is a poor PR decision. We should probably get out in front of this a little bit to explain our side of things Because we are getting buried. And if you win the mob, you win Rome. That is kind of how the old saying goes. And every single time it feels like there's a dispute between the NFL players who fans should relate much more to than the billionaires the fans will always side with the billionaires because they're the ones that leak information or have people on their side. And also, inevitably, they're going to be around a lot longer than each individual player is. But I feel like mismanaging the communication is one big aspect. But also, I think I heard demory Smith's first speech as NFLPA president at the Rookie Symposium. And I might be wrong, but he was just introduced as the uh president the new president uh and he came from dc he was a lawyer and he gave a speech basically about the inevitability of a potential lockout coming and the war chest we're going to create and everything the way he described what he was going to go do to roger goodell i was like this is not how you negotiate business At at that point i was only like 21 years old i think or 22 years old so i hadn't known but the way he was like hey we're gonna get Every dollar from And that's, like, cool to hear. Like, I I like hearing that. Like, I understand that's your mission. And it was his first speech and everything like that. But when you go and do business with people. Now, the NFL is 30 billionaires because they are probably pretty stringent with their lawyers and they get everything out of there. But it felt like he was... It's going to be tough to negotiate if you're telling the person on the other side to go fuck themselves right before you're going into the room, and that's inevitably what happened with the the lockout that happened. It was like no deal was ever imminent because each side, as soon as you tell the NFL, like, Hey, fuck you. We're going to go get, and this might be naive. I assume there'll be people that watch this that are reps that are like, that's not how it works when you're negotiating with business, uh, billionaires, everything like that. It's like, okay, but there has to be a happy medium there where you're not just like, we're going to go to war with these people. It's like, yo, we need each other here. Let's figure this out. Let's get this deal done. I guess there's two different ways of doing things. It just from day one though, where I was like, this guy's going to negotiate with Roger Goodell and (laughs) this guy's representing me. Okay, here we go. Let's do this thing. And I assume he's done some good things. Okay, I assume there's a litany of good things that Demoree Smith has done. But every time I ask a question, I got one of the dumbest fucking answers I've ever heard. I'm like, I can't take this. I'm out of here. I didn't. I, I did not sign to be a member of the – I might have been the only player. I think I was the only player on the Colts that didn't. I'm like, I'm not fucking doing it. Keep the Madden check. I don't fucking need it. But stop selling the fucking shirts, though. i selling myself. The get?
1: NFLPA too, going to see you on your busiest day. It's like, hey, don't worry. We're these guys are gonna be tired. They're not gonna ask any questions that mean a it's thing. Set up exactly. We'll, we'll like just that. roll right through this. They won't know what hit them. There's a lot of good guys, by
0: the way, who have been reps and have tried their best. Like I, I don't. I'm not saying that, but it just feels like at this point, a lot of it's bullshit. And I'm like, yes. Can we
3: well, maybe stop? Also, we you know too, and I, I know I've said this on the show. The owners and the league are always going to have the leverage because players are, are players. And when we knew, like I knew, going into the lockout happened after my fifth season. The P, the PA had been coming in for two years probably before that, saying, "Hey, there a lockout might happen. It could happen. Make sure you save, do this, do all this." They gave you different ways that you could save parts of your check and and, and whatever. We got locked out after the Super Bowl or whenever it was. March it started. And I've said this before, we, you don't get paid during that time. Everybody gets some kind of stipend. Yes. Each week you're there for the off season program, but it's a time you don't get paid. So you normally are not getting paid that, that your salary anyway, until this next season starts. We had dudes taking out loans at 40% interest rates. We had guys struggling saying, we got to get back to work. I'm like, well, you weren't, you knew this was coming. And it's a time when you're not going to, you're not getting paid anyway. You're not missing game checks, but players still struggled with it. So the owner's like, yeah, we're good. Like we don't, we're fine. Like it, We're always going to win this. And
0: by the way, those reports started creeping out about players struggling and everything like that. Yeah. And that was probably, now that I know a little bit more about the information that gets leaked from people, that was just billboards on a worldwide leader from the NFL yes. to make it look like, you know what I mean? That's probably bullshit, by the way. I mean, unless you know guys that did it. I assume, now I will say, you know, that off season where you don't get paid, it does seem short when you just look at that clock. But <laughs> yeah. I would have been – one of the statistics if I did not make that team the second year coming back after the offseason I had. And that's why in the lead-in to this show, in the intro, it says, what am I supposed to do? Look at something that I can definitely afford and I've always wanted and say, no. Nah. That's what I learned after my rookie year, by the way. I, was, I visited damn near every continent on planet Earth. I was at every single gathering I could potentially be at. And by the time I got back to training camp that 1300 bucks or 800 bucks, whatever it was at the time, I was like, all right, let's go ahead and collect that. All right, boys, get some ramen in here. All right, let's go ahead and try to, let's fucking make this team. All right, let's try to make this team. But you're 100% right, because the thought was, they're like, we got to build up this war. Tra- make sure you get the Cobra insurance. I need yep. Cobra insurance. That whole thing, that was a big deal. And my thought was, so we're going to miss games? Is it, because it was my going into my third year. I was like, we're going to miss games? Is that what the plan? We will, if we have to, it's like. I don't think we're saying that they're not even letting us go to fucking work. So I I don't know if we're in control of that, pal. I don't know if that's us. Just interesting, man. The NFL, the NFL, NFL, NFLPA thing is always so interesting.
3: Yeah, they're both, there needs to be a PA, obviously, to represent the players. And they have done a bunch of great things over the years. But yeah, it's just, it's a weird time right now, I feel like, with the PA and the the league and how they're doing everything. And I don't know. I know there's different opt-out times during this 10-year period. They can renegotiate things, but. I'll be, I'll be uh, interested to see what the money looks like when it comes to the TV deals that come in here, what, over the next year, is it?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: 10 years, $100 billion. For what kind of package would that be? By the way, those same... Now, I guess I should give the NFLPA a little bit more credit, I guess. <laughs> those same negotiators that told ESPN you're going to pay us more than double what NBC pays for the same amount of games, um, you're going to pay us $1.9 million or $1.9 billion a year, and they're going to pay us $960 million, uh, those same negotiators are the people talking to the NFLPA, too. I'd assume they are good negotiators. You know what I mean? And negotiators, by the way, aren't the best humans. Like, those are not... They, those are humans that are trying to... Uh, potentially fuck you over completely which is by the way what somebody's going to talk to me about my naivety about we shouldn't be talking about going to war we should try to be good business partners here or whatever i understand that but that article is the parts that i saw very interesting you know especially because you're getting 0.025
1: percent of jersey sales or whatever and it's just like all right all unless right. you're drew breeze
0: no no he sold a lot of jerseys dude.
1: yeah, yeah of jersey. well you know foxworth what got fifteen thousand from uh the nflpa he got nine million i mean i think there's a little bit of a difference there well fox i mean dominique was the president too dominique was also president for the basketball one i think as well really? i think he
0: was also president for the nbpa
1: for a bit or something like that damn he's
0: maybe in there. there's a guy that probably understands a little bit of the shit going on in that whole world and he's potentially going to be the one to tell us that we are stupid for thinking that that things go the way they go, but it's just looking at it and watching the way things unfolded with me. Person, my personal experience was terrible and I know I'm nowhere near the only one.
3: Absolutely not the only one, but I think just pure indifference is what keeps anything from happening. Just because
0: players, why would, like, why would you waste your time with it? You remember there for a while, they were having their meetings, their annual meetings in Hawaii for fucking 10 days. You remember that?
3: yeah oh yeah i remember
0: oh we got our meetings. it's just meetings all day you guys have to go to fucking honolulu to do that is that is that oh yeah well i mean we're working man what do you want wants to hey goose? jordy
3: jordy told me jordy became the rep later on i remember he took one trip he's like hey you should be like the alternate rep because i think you get the trip too and this place is amazing
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: uh before eddie olchek joins us here in about a minute and a half let's get the chance down there in texas what's going on chance
4: yeah, Pat. What's up, AJ? What's up, boys? How
0: y'all doing? Hey, life is good, chance.
1: How are you, Bub? I'm good, I'm good. Living life, you know. Mm-hmm. I was gonna I was gonna ask though. What are y'all doing?
0: Ladies and gentlemen joining us now? Not out of prison. Okay, which is good news. No, no. Playing the NHL for sixteen season. Stanley Cup champion, head coach of the Pittsburgh Penguins, the greatest hockey team to ever play hockey in the history of hockey, in the history of (laughs) ice and sticks and pucks. Ladies and gentlemen, the incredible Edzo, Eddie Oljek.
5: How you doing, bub? Hey, what's up,
0: Pat? How you doing, pal? Hey, uh, I'm sorry you had to catch the tail end of our conversation about prisons. We learned today we're a big prison show. People watch us in prison, so big day for us, and yeah. Shout out, All prison. Right.
5: Congrats. The ratings have gone through the roof here. That is that is good.
0: I do wonder if they're counting the illegal views that are coming from sure. the prison into our stream. I'd like to think that this is a fair society, and they do count that. Let's talk uh, about the NHL. Last night, Pittsburgh Penguins Show again that they're the greatest team on ice, uh, beat the Capitals (laughs) in overtime, nasty flip of the hips and go. How, How has the NHL season started? For those of us that might not have seen everything, how do we feel? Who's the favorites aside from the Penguins? Edzo, what do we got going on?
5: yeah well i mean it's only a 56 game schedule this year uh pat because of uh, obviously the the world that we're all living in and it's going to be interesting if the national hockey league does get to the 56 games i mean dallas had a covet outbreak early in the season and and then we all know what happened as far as the you know the weather down uh down south and uh and the Dallas Stars had to miss, I think, four or five games. So they've fallen really behind. So, you know, we don't know if we're going to get a full complement of of games, but that certainly is the the plan to get a 56-game schedule. So, you know, you got teams that have played 20 games already. So we're approaching the halfway point. And, you know, it's it, it's going to be really interesting because the way the division will play. You have the Canadian division. You know, all the divisions in the States are a little bit different. But if I look at it right now, I think the three the three best teams for me are the colorado avalanche the vegas golden knights who happen to be in the same who happen to be in the same uh division uh and then you have also uh the boston bruins so i would look at those i would look at those three teams sorry patty i'm sorry so i look at those three (laughs) teams as being the teams that uh, have a chance to get in the stanley cup final but i go to the vegas colorado division. You, see, you have St. Louis in there, too. And we know what St. Louis did a couple of years ago. So, I mean, look, at, there's going to be a really good team. Because you get four teams from each division that will play, you know, one will play four, two will play three, and then you're going to have the best, you know, the final series in that division. You're going to have a pissed-off fan base. You're going to have a team that's really darn good that isn't going to get to the conference finals, uh, the final four in the National Hockey League.
3: Eddie, hey, A.J. Hawk here coming in. Hey, A.J., I joined- how are you? I joined Pat uh, the, the last hour of his show every day, but so I was thinking about you when I, I watched the NHL and I'm thinking, all right, I don't know enough to, to know like differences and things. So I just wondered from when you retired till now, like how different is the game? Are you a fan of how it is now? Would you rather go back to what it was like, what's it like? Uh, you know, AJ, that's a great
5: question. Um, I, I mean, I do like the openness of the game where I think it caters and you guys know this better than anybody. I think, especially in football, right? The rules, cater to offense right it's really Mm -hmm. tough to be on the defensive side of the ball and uh and get and have an edge where 15 years ago in a national hockey league 20 plus years ago when i played you could hook you could hold if you got a 2-1 lead going to third period there was a pretty damn good chance you're going to win the game but now it's much more free flowing it's catering to offense there's you know there's more penalties being called more consistently Uh, i do like the game i i do miss the The dislike, I do miss the, uh, you know, the dropping of the gloves. Um, Not that I was a guy that uh, dropped the gloves a lot, but I I do miss that part of it. I mean, intimidation is always going to be a part of sports. I don't care what anybody says, what era it is, but for me, uh, I think I think the National Hockey League is an. uh Oh, what are you doing there, Patty? What are you? What, what do you want? What are you? I thought you were a goalie. My son told me you're a goalie. What, hey, this is your
0: son's stick. It? This is actually your son's stick. I learned that I was a lefty from using your son's stick. Actually, I thought I thought I was a righty my entire life. Turns out, sticky mitts on the left side. <laughs> <laughs> See that? Hey,
5: hey, when you're stick handling, you got to keep your head up. All right, you got to keep your head up when you're stick handling. Nah, so don't not be with this modern hockey. Up.
0: Ain't nobody coming after me, Edzo. I got my head down. And <laughs> hey, you just said it. You just said it's a lot more open, Paul.
5: Hey, hey, hey! If you guys don't mind, if you don't, if you don't mind me uh, saying this, um, uh, you know, being a uh, colon cancer survivor, uh, proud to say I'm clean and clear of colon cancer. For hard to believe, I'm going on my three year anniversary. But March is March is uh, colon cancer awareness month, and uh, I would encourage everybody out there that uh, is getting to that age, and, and now it is recommended at age 50. Um, it hits all demographics. Uh, the numbers for colon cancer are, are sadly going through the roof over the course of the last five years, and they finally lowered the, uh, the recommended age to age 50 for people to get checked out, get a colonoscopy, um, and if your family's been affected by it, um, please uh, go see your medical professional. And, uh, you know, I, I live the, the worst part of it when it comes to being diagnosed with stage three colon cancer and having to take chemo for six months. And uh, if I could help one person out there, uh, either stay away from it or avoid uh, that. And look at, yeah, the colonoscopy, it isn't great. It's, you know, literally, and yeah, it, it's, it's pretty crappy for two <laughs> days to clean yourself out and go get cleaned out. But you get peace of mind. And I would rather have somebody give up two days than... Uh, try to fight the battle of, of colon cancer so i encourage everybody out there to uh to make sure they're looking after themselves your friends your family don't put it off um not that i put it off but uh, i happen to just turn 51 years of age and next thing you know they're telling me i had a, a tumor the size of my fist growing inside my colon and uh lucky enough to uh, have beaten it and uh if i can help one person out there because i know you guys have a great following uh, please, please uh, make sure you look after yourself and uh, take care of your family and members. So it's
0: good, good stuff. That's good stuff, Edzo. Uh, we actually have a guy in our show that just got a colonoscopy the other day. He's going through it right now and uh, uh, that that is why do you is it Is it natural? Is it genetic? Is it food that we eat? What is it potentially you think that's making the number? Have you learned anything about why? Yeah.
5: Yeah, I I think it's, 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 it's a lot. It it is, uh, it is food intake. Some, some of it is, uh, it can be genetic. Uh, I'm a big believer. Uh, I can't get confirmation uh, publicly, but I I do believe in the world that we live in, everywhere we turn around, uh, there's, there's uh, technology all around us, right? Like there's computers and phones and cell phones and, and you know uh you, you whatever i mean it's it, it's everywhere so I, I i do believe that uh it is all of the above and like i said it does not uh it does not discriminate and i would just encourage anybody out there and like just for my family i mean you know pat you know my son tommy you mentioned him you got his stick there i mean i have four children i just became a grandfather for the first time hey congratulations so, thank up. you very much yeah thanks my daughter or uh, my my oldest son Eddie and his uh, wife Erica gave birth to uh, Audrey Marie Olchek on July seventh. So uh, seven uh-huh. seven is our lucky number. Every time I'm at the uh, betting the horses, I play a seven seven double just because of of, of Audrey. But <laughs> uh, my you know my kids are going to have to get checked out much earlier because I had you know stage three colon cancer. So uh, there's a lot there, uh, Pat and AJ. But um, like I said, if, if we can make people aware. Uh, hopefully we can keep them away from, uh, you know, the really bad stuff. So be proactive. Don't sit there and go, it's not going to happen to me uh, because I'm a perfect example that all of a sudden I woke up one day, uh, I couldn't go number two, flat out, and next thing you know, I'm having a six-and-a-half-hour surgery, removing a tumor, as I said, the size of my fist, and then telling me I had stage 3 colon cancer and then six months of hell with the
0: chemotherapy well i want to let you know our show normally uh, ruins society the fact that we're potentially helping it a little bit we appreciate you for that <laughs> do we you know what i mean <laughs> I, I do appreciate that edzo way to kick ass by the way it's not easy uh obviously with chuck pagano here uh and the chuck yeah. strong and everything like that we got a chance to really learn a lot more about the the battles that happen and it is uh, congrats, man. Keep it going. Proud of you, Edzo. Hey, proud of you, Edzo. Way to keep it going. And we appreciate that message. Let's get back to hockey a little bit here. Yeah. Um, Mark Madden. Do you know Mark yeah. Madden is? Yeah, sure. First thoughts, whenever I say his name, just first... first. Oh,
5: but look at it. I mean, you're talking about a character. I mean, I knew Mark when I was playing in Pittsburgh, broadcasting at Pittsburgh, and then coaching in Pittsburgh. I think I liked him more when I was broadcasting and playing <laughs> than I was when I coached, because, you, you know, you know what happens. I mean, Mark's very opinionated, and you know what? <laughs> he, I, he loves wrestling just like I do, so that's what we got. Yeah, you know, That's probably the main oh. tie there.
0: I didn't know you were a wrestling fan. You are a wrestling fan?
5: Uh, I mean, back in the day, oh, uh, yeah, I used to go... All the time. If you look really, really close, I think it was WrestleMania. I think it was what was what was the year where you had Fralick in the fridge? Was that two? Was that WrestleMania two? Fralick in the fridge. Remember right. they were in the Royal Rumble. They had all the football players were in there, right? Were not they? I mean, like the fridge was there and Fralick was there. So, anyways, it was in, in Chicago True. where I live. And uh we uh we went to the old uh, Rosemont Horizon, now all state arena, and uh, you know, a few connections here or there. But if you look really, really close, uh, sitting second row was a, a very young, I think, 18- or 19-year-old Eddie Olchek sitting second row, for, second row for WrestleMania, which was pretty cool.
0: What a stud! Uh, we will look for that. <laughs> As somebody on the internet will find that within the next mm-hmm. hour yeah. or so. I can't wait for that. Um, I believe whenever you meet somebody who liked wrestling growing up, they get it a lot more. Like, for instance... Yeah. In the sports world, a lot of shit talking. You know, yeah. if you grow up watching wrestling, you get like, okay, there has to be babyface, there has to be heel, there has to be characters in this thing. The, the same way you described Mark Madden. I, I feel like that tells a lot about somebody if they liked wrestling growing up.
5: Hey, you know what? Can I? Can I? Do you remember? Do you remember a wrestler by the name of Ox Baker? Do you remember that name?
0: No, but let me Google it. I mean, I'll Google.
5: Here, it. Uh, hold, on, hold on, one second. Here, I want to no. show you something.
0: <laughs> <on>. <laughs> Is Ox a fucking family friend over Is he there? Right
5: there. Yeah. So no, 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 no. Ox Baker oh. is uh, he's he's morted. He he's he we, we lost him, I think, a couple of years ago. But so I'm walking through an airport. Now, again, Ox Baker is probably his prime was probably, I'll say, early 70s to probably the mid eighties, right? And there's mean, no chance here, I knew that. Here's was. a picture of Ox Baker. Can you see it? There's oh, Ox Baker. Wow. Okay. All right? Yeah. So I'm walking through an airport. Okay, I'm eighteen or nineteen years old. I'm at O'Hare Airport. I'm going down an escalator. And at the bottom of the escalator, there's this big, massive human standing there with a briefcase. And I could see his profile, and I'm like, holy, that's Ox Baker. I'm like, (laughs) this is unbelievable. I watch him every Sunday morning on Bob Luce Wrestling. I'm like, this is unbelievable. So I get down to the bottom of the uh, escalator, and I make eye contact with him. And, and again, I'm, like, stunned. I'm like, Ox Baker? He goes, yeah, you want a picture? I'm like... Yeah, sure, he opens up his briefcase. He, briefcase, he's got his shorts, he's got tape, he's got brass knuckles in there, and he hands me a picture, he goes, ah, what's your name? I go, it's Eddie, so if you could look <laughs> really closely on there, I don't know if I'm showing it right, but it says, To Eddie, Ox. <laughs> look that's at a, that,
4: that's cool. That's
1: you watch Young Rock? Wrong. You that's watch Young Rock last that. night?
5: So oh, this is it. This is this is the this is the vintage picture, Ox Baker. Look at him, and that is a mean looking guy. Would you wanna get in a ring with him? No, I'm actually gonna go try to get his top shot
0: today. Uh-huh. That's actually what I'm gonna go try I'm gonna go try to get his top shot today. And also he
5: was I think he was a uh he was into uh like he was a he was like a chef or like he was into cooking. He was had, he, I think he was in the middle of doing a cookbook uh unfortunately when he passed away but a uh, little inside there on the, the legendary ox baker
0: oh, well shout out to ox baker last question here edzo we appreciate you joining us man every time i talk to you i feel inspired and entertained and informed all at the same time which is a great conversation coming up as an american hockey player
5: yeah
0: all right and maybe you'll be able to de- debunk my theory that i have with the way the world is, with the technology that you referred to and that whole thing, and the ability for kids to make money right now on the internet, uh, whether they're content creators or e-gamers or anything like that, I think you're going to see a shift in uh, like towards sports and maybe like uh, agendas as, as kids. And I think hockey is potentially going to be a sport Because you have to be up at, what, like 6 a.m. on the ice. You have to be skating. You have to basically get your body sharpened every single morning. I think that's a sport that's potentially easier for people to say, okay, I'm not going to go do that. I'm going to go do something else. Now, it's not easy to become a professional content creator, e game or anything like that. I'm not saying it's easy. But physically demanding on the body, the commitment that you have to have for hockey in in particular is insane. It's an absolutely insane commitment. Do you think there's a chance we get to the point where – You know, American hockey players just aren't really something anymore, unless it's a legacy or a generational type thing.
5: No, I I think that how far USA Hockey has come, Pat and AJ, uh, I mean, from my era, I mean, look, at I'm I'm way older than both of you young fellas. And I mean, look, at I started in 1984. And I mean, the percentage of National Hockey League players was I think it was like just over four percent in the National Hockey League. Now we're almost at 33 percent, where you ahead. know the, the percentage of American-born players in a National Hockey League. I think the one thing, Pat AJ, that is has been um, something that inspires me um, to to try to help uh, young people, boys and girls, every demographic, every part of the country, is is how do we make it more affordable for families and for young people that want to play a great game in hockey because, you know, look at times are look at the world we're living in now. I mean, the, the world is upside down for all of us. And when people, you know, want to get their kids in athletics, they sit there and go, okay, well, you have baseball, you have football. And, and what's the cost of that? How much is the equipment? Well, with most football programs, as you guys know, the, the, the equipment comes with, you know, the sign up or whatever that is. But for hockey, I mean, hockey is very much like golf. I mean, it is it is expensive, and ice. We're not even talking about ice time yet, and that's something that is is a is somebody that has been very lucky and blessed to have been involved in hockey for a long, long time. Is how do we make it? How do we make it more affordable and more opportunities for people that maybe don't have the means to be able to do that? And uh, I have my own. Uh, small foundation here in Chicago. It's called, you know, really, really real unique. The Eddie Olchek award where we give <laughs> donations to young hockey players and organizations that maybe have fallen on difficult times. and don't have the means to be able to, uh, you know, play the game of hockey and uh, proud to say we've given over a hundred thousand dollars to young hockey players in the state of Illinois. Let's go! Of Thank, you Thank you. And uh, again, I, I think that's where it is, Pat, on the heart of your question is, is, is people look at it and go, you know, do I want to pay the, you know, $250 for soccer or do we want to spend the $2,500 for hockey? And look, the world we're living in now, we know where people are going. So, we you know, we got to find a way to make sure that we can expose the game to people, give them an opportunity regardless of, of, of how much it costs. And I think one like like myself, look, like once I grabbed the stick and put on a pair of skates, besides falling all over the place like a deer on ice the first time, Once, I mean, it was in my blood. I mean, I I, it was in my blood from day one. And I think anybody that watches it or does it themselves certainly has the opportunity to fall in love with the great game of hockey.
0: We appreciate you, Eddie. Uh, We're going to donate to that, by the way. We'd like to keep that thing going, maybe for more awards and scholarships. We appreciate you. Ladies and gentlemen, hockey legend, Eddie Olsen. Thank you, Ed. Appreciate you, buddy. Okay, stay in touch. Let's talk before the derby. Huh? Let's let's yeah. make sure we talk yeah. before the derby. Yes. Now,
5: Matt, yes. Pat,
0: all right? Yes. Yeah, we have to because you know what? You know those damn ponies. I don't know those ponies. <laughs> I don't know, I, but I would like to bet on them. So let's definitely talk before the derby. All right, good.
5: Stay safe, guys. Thanks for having me. See you, AJ. Nice to meet you, man. You're the best. You,
0: See you later, Edzo. Appreciate yeah, you. man. <laughs> Can't Thank you enough for choosing to listen to the show. The fact that you allow us to penetrate your ear holes, we are eternally grateful for. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with another monster show. Ty is still at and about. So Mitt, uh, teasing piece of Ty, by the way. Uh, everything's okay, but he got a body check. You know, see, so I hope everything's all right. Can't wait for him to come back. Uh, Mitt, please play some independent music and propel these people into a beautiful Wednesday into a damn good Thursday. See you then.